Hey, welcome to the Tilshirt Report podcast. Uh, my name is Scott. Great to be with you today. Uh, we got episode number 14 coming up now. That's right. Episode number 14 is what we are in now. Listen to in as many as 25 states, um, internationally and worldwide, too, here on the Tilshirt Report uh, podcast. I was looking over some of the stats on the podcast. Man, I want to thank everybody for listening. We've been picking up a lot of great listeners across the United States, everywhere, Canada, worldwide, internationally, UK, uh, Newport, Wales, Andy Powers, hello to you. I want to thank the folks up in Northern Ireland that listen. And of course, in as many as 25 states, a lot of listeners in Florida, Georgia, Ohio, did I say Ohio? Yeah, Ohio, state of Washington, um, and many, many other places across the vast United States. So we're listened to in at least half the states across the United States, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We talk about the Jaguars, uh, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports as well. As far as the Jaguars go, and we're going to talk about them, but Let's also mention our sponsors, Anchor.fm. I've seen a lot of major improvements and enhancements with Anchor. Anchor, the simplest and easiest way uh, to make a podcast. And we use Anchor. And let me tell you, they have outstanding creation tools. Again, I've seen a lot of improvements over the last six months with Anchor. So, again, it's the simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. want to thank um, Saucer Realty. For your North Florida real estate needs, if you're thinking about moving to this um, this beautiful area that you know that I call home, and that I grew up here, did move away, lived up in uh, Western Georgia, and uh, also lived up in I, I did live up in uh, 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 South Alabama parts of uh, South Alabama, which you know was South Alabama. Enjoyed it there. Enjoyed my time in Georgia, Alabama. The majority of my life, though, I've you know spent here in North Florida, and we've covered the Jaguars since 1993. In 1993, I was running a actually running a radio station up in Georgia, and heck, we've covered the Jaguars. Of course, we were coming to Jacksonville uh, during that that time as well, you know, for different uh, affiliate weekends, being on the. You know, we were part, our radio station was part of the Jaguars uh, radio network years ago. I think we were one of the first uh, Georgia affiliates with the uh, Jaguars radio network, you know, way back when they were getting cranked up in 93 and 94 uh, before the first season in 1995. So with that being said, I you know, I feel like that I'm giving a unique perspective on the Jaguars, because I have uh, covered the Jaguars, even been a fan of the Jaguars since the very infancy, back in 1993, when the NFL awarded uh, the franchise to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now we're set to move into free agency with the Urban Meyer era, and then the college draft, or I should say the NFL draft, as the NFL teams will draft college players uh, in April of 2021, it's getting very exciting. Again, we want to thank all of our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucerility. Uh, you can go to our website at BigJReport.com. And, you know, I definitely encourage you and invite you to go to the website. 
uh, on the homepage, scroll down to where the North Florida weather information is, and about halfway through the weather, about halfway through the weather forecast, you'll find a link for saucer realty. So for your real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, uh, commercial, business real estate needs, talk to Larry Saucer with Saucer Realty. And again, you can find the link to Saucer Realty by going uh, to our website at bigjreport.com and scrolling way down, uh, certainly, to the uh, weather information. So again, we want to thank our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, LakeUfallahits.com for great internet radio where it's all good. LakeUfallahits.com. That's L-A-K-E, uh, E-U-F-A-U-L-A, hits, H-I-T-S.com. LakeUfallahits.com. Uh, Brother JC runs that, that internet radio project. And, of course, uh, you know, JC is also, you know, a contributor to the Big J Report. Uh, one of our freelance, uh, one of our freelance writers, uh, JC's up in uh, South Alabama. So we, we cover North Florida, you know, South Georgia parts and pockets of South Alabama too, uh, with the uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast. Um, we talk about the Jaguars, North Florida entertainment, and other area sports primarily. And we're listening to again in Florida, Georgia, Alabama. A lot of listeners in Ohio, where Urban Meyer used to coach at Ohio State. And we got listeners in Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, particularly, where LaVisca Chenault, the Jaguars wide receiver, number 10, who caught two touchdown passes in the last regular season game for the Jaguars. A lot of uh, folks that followed LaVisca Chenault in Boulder, Colorado, listen to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and we thank you for being here and uh, listening. So a lot of listeners in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio, uh, state of Washington, uh, Colorado, uh, even listeners in New York. Uh, Miller Mark, the comedian out of New York, listens to our podcast. We listen to his podcast. He does a podcast about the New York Knicks. Why am I a New York Knicks fan? That's the uh, podcast that Miller Mark does. So you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast. And again, a special thank you to our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucerility, LakeUfallahits.com for great internet radio. It's all good at LakeUfallahits.com. And again, you can follow us at BigJReport.com. We're going to be talking about this thing called free agency. And officially, free agency is going to hit right around March 15th. Uh, We're recording this podcast on March the 5th of 2021. So free agency is going to hit in just a few days from now. We'll probably start to get the inklings of what's going to happen with the Jaguars, you know, as well as other teams, you know, a day or two before that, you know, people start talking, um, even though they're not supposed to, you know, make those announcements, you start hearing rumors uh, from the different uh, pundits and outlets out there. And we'll keep an eye on all that. I'm, I'm hoping the Jags do have some interest in in uh, Leonard Williams, the uh, free agent um, defensive lineman. Um, You know, just about all of these free agents have a chance to be tagged, but they're not going to be a lot of them. I mean, Allen Robinson's another guy that uh, could be franchise tagged by the Bears. I don't think Allen Robinson is coming here. I When he left here, I, I don't think he wanted to stay. I think Urban Meyer 
wants people here that 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 care about the emblem, the Jaguars emblem. I'm not sure that's Allen Robinson, even though I've, I've I, you know I've heard some uh, I've heard him on some uh, some shows, some some tape here lately saying that. He kind of alluded to, you know, a guy like Trevor Lawrence, a prodigy, may be, you know, a good guy for his career to be able to play with. However, Robinson also talks about, you know, he talks about playing in the bigger cities, the bigger markets. So I'm thinking Allen Robinson will either stay in Chicago, may go to New York, an outside possibility for Allen Robinson, the former Jaguars wide receiver. Um, Of course, he's been with the Bears a few years now. He hasn't you know, been in Jacksonville since, uh, gosh, it's been about three years, right? At least three years back, uh, you know, you know, going back to Gus Bradley. And, you know, I think he was here for the first year of uh, Doug Marone when Doug Marone was a coach. But he's been in Chicago now for, um, heck, he's been in Chicago, what, about three years now. So, Allen Robinson, I, I think, will either get franchise tagged. He may stay in Chicago if he becomes an out-and-out free agent or retires. Not not retires, I'm sorry. Allen's not going to retire. He'll, he'll retire eventually, but not yet. I think Allen sees uh, another big contract, quote-unquote, in his, uh, you know, certainly in his uh, his reach. And I'm, I'm thinking – He's a northern guy, wants to probably stay up north. He's originally, I believe Allen's originally from Michigan. I'll do a little bit more research on it, but I remember Allen was on a tattoo show once on the on cable TV, and he was getting a, I believe he was uh, getting a tattoo. And, um, you know, and Allen um, displayed, I think, a, a tattoo from the state of Michigan. So he's a northern guy. Uh, he likes the big markets. Chicago, New York, uh, I could see him possibly, if the money was right, going, you know, maybe to Detroit since he's originally from that, you know, that Michigan area. So maybe it's uh, for, for Allen Robinson, probably the first choices for him are going to be New York, Chicago, maybe Detroit. But as far as coming to Jacksonville, maybe the only interest is, hey, I could play with Trevor Lawrence and I could put up some big numbers. And the Jags uh, got a lot of money right now under the cap. I saw a report uh, this morning that the Jags' approximate cap space is close to $82 million now. I know the report was $76, $78 million, so it's got to be somewhere right now between $78 million and $82 million. So, you know, Leonard Williams is a guy that – I would have immense interest in, I, I, you know, and Leonard uh, is considered a really good player. Um, Leonard Williams, who, um, you know, started out with the Jets, played his uh, college ball at, at USC. And I don't think he's played his best football yet. And I think a defensive uh, coordinator like Joe Cullen, you know, and the Jags coaching staff could get the best, you know, out of a Leonard Williams. So, you know, I think that's where the coaches come in. You know, they're putting in a new scheme. Joe Cullen's, uh, thank goodness, Todd Wash is gone. But but I will tell you, the new scheme they're putting in is probably going to be a 3-4, a hybrid where they're, you know, they're making, you know, they're going to be changing it up some, you know, showing different looks with a with a 3-4. And somebody asked, actually asked me a question on Facebook the other day about uh, Kalevon Chason. Where will he come into play in a 3-4? Well, 
I mean, he's a pass rushing extraordinaire, or at least that's what he hopes to develop into. So in a 3-4, he's probably going to line up as a linebacker, but they're going to move him around a lot. He'll probably be on the lines, the line some. But let's hope Caleb on Chason can blossom in year two into a guy that can be, you know, the ultimate or premier pass rusher uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, or at least be one of them, you know, along with uh, Josh Allen and whoever else the Jaguars have that's going to primarily be rushing the passer, if you will. But we'll talk more about free agency. I would like, you know, I would like a lot of other teams might like Leonard Williams too, but I'm interested in Leonard Williams. I don't think Allen Robinson is coming here. If he does come to Jacksonville, certainly you have to welcome Allen. I mean, he can high point the ball. He made uh, Blake Bortles look really good at times by going up and, and, and making that high catch. Now, Allen Robinson is a guy, I've got to say this about him, and some good things about him. Allen to go up and get the football. He'll fight for the football. Not all the wide receivers do. Because when Dante Moncrief was here for that one year, man, he wouldn't fight for the football. Uh, he would go across the middle, and he'd be gun-shy sometimes going across the middle trying to protect himself. So I, I have seen that. I've seen both sides of it. Um, you know, Allen, uh, Allen Robinson had an injury with the Jaguars his last year. So his first year with Chicago, he was kind of coming off that injury. But, you know, if he's if he's uh, all 100% healthy, yeah, he could be a premier wide receiver. He, he already is a good veteran wide receiver, and there are some other veteran wide receivers in free agency. I think the Jags could sign one of them. I'm just not convinced it's going to be Allen Robinson, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, we'll continue with more coming up. My name is Scott. Again, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, this is the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Hey, uh, welcome back into the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Duval. Well, thank you for tuning in. You know, I, I did take a look at some stats from the podcast, as you know, as we did earlier in this particular podcast. We are now actually, I just uh, got an update. We're now up to as many as 28 states. Uh, we've added, you know, here just very, very recently. Uh, we've added uh, some new states to people that have actually listened to us in Arkansas, Wisconsin, Indiana. Uh, the biggest states, Florida, Washington, that's Florida, state of Washington, Ohio, where Urban Meyer used to coach at Ohio State. Uh, Virginia, got a good conglomerate of listeners in Virginia. Colorado, where LaVisca Chenault played his college ball. Uh, we're listening to in Georgia, certainly a neighboring state, a state I've, I've worked in before. And as well as Oregon, Texas, and Alabama are the top nine states. But we did add... Uh, here recently, Arkansas, Wisconsin, and Indiana. So it's now 28 states plus the District of Columbia. So we're listening to in as many as 28 states uh, worldwide here. Lately, Northern Ireland appears to be perhaps the biggest area that we're, we're listening to in internationally, along with uh, England, Wales, Hong Kong. Hey, guys. 
and, um, you know, Montreal, Quebec, Puerto Rico, to some of the places we've been listening to in Germany, New Zealand, but Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland, also Wales, Newport, Wales area is where we have a lot of international listeners. So thank you for listening wherever you happen to be. Again, 90% of the podcast is listened to in the United States. About 10% is actually worldwide and international. So we recorded our first segment on Friday, March the 5th, and now we're doing a second segment on Saturday morning, March the 6th. I kind of like to tell you when we're you know, we're actually recording the podcast uh, because I have people come up to me and say, man, I, I checked the Teal Shirt Report podcast and there was not a new episode in there. I've heard them all. Okay, well, this is a new one we're putting together and we're doing this segment on March 5th and now on Saturday morning, uh, March the 6th. So we were talking about free agency for the Jaguars. A guy on my wish list is Leonard Williams. Now, I talked to JC, one of our producers, just a few hours ago, and JC said he, he was kind of like a bust with the Jets, right? I think that's what JC said. JC said a few other interesting things. But yeah, Leonard um, did not work out that well with the Jets. I mean, when he came out of USC, he was probably, especially at the combine, he was considered and respected by his peers at the combine as maybe the best defensive player. In the combine, you know, the year he was uh, drafted by the New York Jets. Now he's been with the Giants. Now he finally had really that breakout year with the Giants where he had like over 11 sacks last year, if you didn't know that. He quietly put together a very good year with the Giants. Now the Giants can try to keep him and franchise tag him. And the only problem with that, I was I was reading something where it would uh, – if if the if the Giants were to franchise tag Leonard Williams, it would uh, hit. They take about a seventeen million dollar hit or more. It was somewhere between seventeen, eighteen, nineteen million dollars. That's nothing to sneeze at. So you know the Giants may let him go. They may let him walk. Uh, there's a lot of teams that'll be interested in Leonard. I saw the list. You know, five or six teams very interested, and the Jaguars were not. Among the top three or four where, you know, I, and I, I, I read an article, I believe, from CBS. And Leonard, um, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars were not one of Leonard's, say, top three or four destinations. However, the Jags were listed as a possible surprise team for Leonard Williams. But that's going to be that's going to be a big money guy. I don't know if the Jaguars are going to go all in on Leonard Williams. I mean, you know, Leonard was a Leonard was a top 10 pick and I liked him. I really liked him. Of course, the Jags went another direction and you know, you pick a guy you know early in the first round as the Jags were picking early in the first round most years. I mean, and then Leonard was gone, of course. I liked TJ Hawkinson. He was drafted by, you know, Detroit what, just a couple of years ago, the Jags still in uh, really in, in an ever search, right? And always in ever search, it seems, for that tight end. The Jags have let Tyler Eifert go, so the Jags are going to get back into the tight end business of, of having to get a tight end. And whether it's free agency, 
or, you know, a big tight end or two in the draft. I mean, free agency is going to set the table. I did take a look at some of the cornerbacks because the Jags may have to grab a cornerback, whether it's in the draft or free agency. And it's going to depend on who's available. Can you get the contract worked out? And then, obviously, free agency in March is going to set the table for the draft in April. I looked at some of the cornerback options for the Jaguars, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, William Jackson III, Seattle Seahawks Shaq, Shaq Griffin, L.A. Rams Troy Hill, San Francisco 49ers Richard Sherman. I would say no to that. He might be an expensive mentor for the younger guys, but, I mean, Richard, he's in my opinion, he's beyond his prime, but what a great player he was. And he can still play. But how much money does, you know, his mentoring ability and his experience, because he's got the experience to play the position, but probably the physical tools are starting to erode some for Richard Sherman, of course. Uh, then there was another defensive back with Dallas, uh, Shadobi, uh, was he? Uh, New York Jets, Brian Poole. Um, the Jags did say goodbye to Eifert, so they'll probably be back in the tight end business. Um, I just mentioned a few defensive backs, and even um, Sidney Jones is a free agent who played for the Jaguars last year. Do they try to re-sign Sidney Jones? Now, something interesting that happens is when you talk about general managers like Dave Codwell and now Trent Baalke, Codwell was fired. Trent Baalke was hired as the acting or interim GM, and then eventually he got the GM job permanently. And that was that there was no doubt the reason why he did was because there was a level of comfort between Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke. We all know that Urban Meyer, you know, if Trent Baalke and Urban Meyer traded paychecks one day, we know that. If they traded paychecks, Trent Baalke would be able to buy the dinner for Urban then, right? Well, they're both making good money, no doubt. But um, it's a—I mean, it's a—it's definitely a GM head coach relationship where Urban Meyer, I think he's got the final say. That's—that's that's my opinion because when we talked about the Jaguars hiring a pro, a profile, a high-profile coach, I should say, with the Jaguars hiring a high-profile coach. It had to be a GM that Urban Meyer was comfortable with, probably approved of. I'm, I'm just picturing the conversation on the yacht. Shad's got, you know, Urban over for snacks and drinks and, 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 and what have you, or whatever went on on the boat, the yacht, I should say, the super yacht. Uh, I will say that um, that, I can hear Shad Khan saying, okay, Urban, we got four, five, six guys. Who do you like for GM? That may have been, you know, I'm sure that that part of the conversation in some form uh, did come up. And it, so it ended up being Trent Baalke. So Trent Baalke is going to handle the draft, a uh, big part of the salary cap. When you talk about handling the salary cap, you can't go too crazy with free agency, but the Jags got the biggest wallet. We'll see where they go. I keep thinking the number of, of quality to good to even possibly great free agents is two to four. And where do you go? Do you get a cornerback? I think if you get a cornerback, you get one uh, defensive tackle. I think the Jags are going to need at least two, maybe three new defensive tackles, at least two. 
And where do you go? One for free agency, one in the draft. Uh, there's already people saying the defensive uh, tackle position is not too plentiful in this year's draft, but we'll see. So that might mean you you might better grab a free agent defensive tackle like a Leonard Williams, but Leonard, Leonard Williams may be a shoot for the moon guy. After all, he was a top 10 draft pick coming out of USC when the Jets drafted him. And and again, the uh, the Giants could keep him, but if they do, they're going to take a salary cap hit of somewhere between seventeen and nineteen million dollars, I believe. And Leonard, uh, there's I think three or four other teams that are interested in Leonard before the Jags even, you know, perhaps say if they're interested or not. When uh, discussing that with. Um, you know, Leonard Williams and or his agent, probably his agent. So we'll see what happens. We mentioned some of the free agents. Alan, Alan Robinson, we mentioned earlier in, a, you know, earlier in this uh, podcast when we were talking on Friday. Alan Robinson, I mean, he's had a good career. He's only 27. He did have, he did have a serious, I believe it was an ACL injury uh, his last year with the Jaguars. So he, you know, he missed, I mean, he missed a full season. I think that year he only caught like one pass, and I think he got hurt on that pass. That was uh, the last year he was with the Jaguars, which was very, very unfortunate. So, you know, he uh, healed up, went into free agency. The Bears took a little bit of a chance on him with the big money because they knew that first year he's coming off the ACL. Now apparently he's you know, a couple of years has passed and he's completely healthy. He's a veteran wide receiver. He should be in the prime of his uh, career. At, I, I checked his age. He's only 27. I don't think he comes back to Jacksonville. I mean, I really don't. I think he's intrigued by possibly playing with Trevor Lawrence. But other than that, I don't think Allen Robinson wanted to stay here to begin with. Is, is the feeling I got uh, back when he went through the uh, – you know, hey, are the Jags going to offer me a big deal? And I think the Jags did offer him a fairly good deal. But he got more somewhere else, and he wanted more. I think he also wanted to play in a big market like a Chicago. So if he goes somewhere else, it's going to be Chicago, New York. Keep an eye on this. Even though Detroit's not as big of a market as I think they, they once were, he is originally from Detroit, Michigan. I did check that fact out because I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast he was from Michigan. He is actually from Detroit, Michigan. So Alan Robinson, I don't think he comes to Jacksonville. You know, there was also, and I, I, I did say I was going to mention this during the podcast. There was some kids disappointed when Alan Robinson didn't show up at Sports Mania down at Jacksonville Beach uh, when he was with the Jaguars. I uh, the story I heard from from some people connected with the um, athletic shop Sports Mania was Alan knew about it. Um, I think they actually worked through some some of the Jags PR people or an, even an intern. So the thing might not have been that solid, but it was talked that Alan knew about it. It was advertised, I think, in the uh, I think I saw the advertisement in the the Void magazine. Uh, a few years ago, you know, for Alan to show up at Sportsmania, do autographs, uh, you know, kind of meet folks and 
probably pictures and autographs, and he didn't show. Um, maybe it was not concrete. Maybe it was not set in stone that Alan was going to be there, but there were some disappointed kids. I was there too. So I was a witness to that. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know, whether it was the fault of, um, sports mania, whether it was the fault of Alan Robinson, his agent, I think there were some phone calls made that day too. Um, Alan may have been practicing. It just wasn't communicated that well. Still, when it's advertised that Allen Robinson's going to be somewhere and he's not, it can leave a bad taste in your mouth, whether it's Allen's fault or not. You know, I think um, when you have a player that's going to come to an event, um, you know, it's it's on the player, you know, his agent or representative, and the people putting on the event. And I think the people putting on the event, they were actually talking to an intern as I understand it with the Jaguars, the things may not have been that concrete, but that's a memory I have probably the most. And I, I did want to bring it up because I told some people I would bring it up about him not showing a no show at, uh, I believe the shop was called, uh, it's called sports mania down at Jacksonville beach, but, but it may not have been Allen's fault. I will state that for the record. It may not have been Allen's fault, but it was advertised. I believe in the void, magazine a few years ago when Allen Robinson was still a, a wide receiver and part of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's now a Chicago bear. The Chicago bears may franchise him or he may move somewhere else. So we'll see what happens with that. But I did want to bring that up because I did tell some people I would bring it up. I did witness that. And there were some disappointed kids that day, of course. So not everybody thinks about all these things, but I think there were some communication breakdowns, you know, like the old song communication breakdown, uh, between probably sports media. And, and there were, there were some people there. There's some people that went there that remember what I'm, what I'm talking about, because a lot of people wanted to meet Alan Robinson. I think I had something I wanted Alan to sign and Alan was a no show, whether it was sports mania's fault the intern with the Jaguars fault or perhaps, uh, you know, Alan's representative or Alan Robinson himself. So I'm not trying to call Alan Robinson out. I'm just saying this is something I saw that went on or happened. So I think I covered it, you know, well, as far as uh, what actually happened, but it was an event at sports mania at the beaches. I was hoping to meet Alan Robinson and, and a lot of kids were there too. And they were hoping to as well. So there were some people disappointed and that was back when Allen Robinson was with the Jaguars. So I'm not going to completely hold that against Allen, you know, for the reasons I've, I've explained here. But I don't think he's coming here. I think he's looking for the big market, whether it's Chicago, New York, or maybe going home to Detroit, Michigan. So we'll see what happens with Allen Robinson. I don't think he's coming here. Uh, there, there is a pretty good list of veteran wide receivers and the Jaguars may sign one of them because I like the Jaguars wide receiver room, you know, without a doubt, um, the top two guys are going to be DJ Chark and, uh, Lewiska Chenault and, uh, Colin Johnson, uh, second year guy out of Texas. That's about, man, he's a huge guy, big target in the red zone. I think he's only going to get better. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, I believe. And so Colin Johnson, maybe that number three or number four guy. Uh, Keelan Cole, 
is a free agent. Do the Jags bring him back, you know, for the right price possibly? I think Keelan Cole actually had a good year. You remember a few years ago when he made the one-handed catch like OBJ and everybody went crazy. The only problem was that same year he dropped a lot of two-handed, potential two-handed catches. But Keelan really had a good year last year as a wide receiver for the Jaguars. Do they bring him back? I don't know. But getting back to that discussion, the new GM versus the old GM, sometimes the new GM wants to do something different and put his stamp on the team opposed to what, you know, say a Dave Codwell did with the team. You know, Keelan Cole was one of Dave Codwell's guys. But going back to Allen Robinson for a minute, I would, I'll be honest with you, and I tried to I tried to do that on, on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I would rather the Jaguars right now go all out as soon as possible and sign DJ Chark than sign Allen Robinson. That's just my opinion. I think DJ Chark, uh, he's got more speed than Allen. Allen's had the injury. Allen can go up and high point the ball. I mean, he made Blake Bortles look very good at times because he caught a lot of those high passes from Blake Bortles. So Allen's a good player. Sure, sure, Allen, talent-wise, you know, we'd love to have him here. He'd make a good number one receiver. Uh, DJ Shark would be the 1A probably. Uh, but at this point, um, you take a look at it. I think everybody wants to re-sign DJ Shark as soon as possible because you don't want to see another guy walk out the door in free agency, one of your main building blocks. So I'm, I'm more in favor of signing DJ Shark then signing Allen Robinson, but that's just me. There's some other veteran wide receivers that are out there. I just don't think Allen really wants to be in Jacksonville. That's that's my take on it. I don't think he wants to be in Jacksonville. I think when free agency hit, he wanted to go to the biggest market and the biggest money deal, and I think that's still what's going on with Allen. Allen's going to get, you know, he's 27 years old. He's going to get one more, uh, I think, really huge contract whether the Bears franchise tag him or he becomes a free agent and signs with a New York or, you know, maybe he goes home to Detroit if he gets the right money offer from Detroit because Detroit's, you know, got Mr. Campbell as a new coach now. So that's some of what's going on in free agency. We're going to take a look at uh, North Florida Entertainment uh, coming up as well. So please stay tuned. Uh, you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report. Some other area sports coming up, too, as we'll be checking in with uh, Alex Nunry here on the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast. Brought to you by Anchor, anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Uh, Anchor's got the creation tools, a lot of uh, enhancements and improvements by Anchor. Uh, you can also listen to internet radio, lakeufallahits.com, lakeufallahits.com, where it's all good. Also, Salsa Realty for North Florida real estate needs. For your North Florida real estate needs, see Larry Saucer with Saucer Realty. Uh, for home, residential, commercial, business property, maybe you're wanting to add a property, or perhaps the big deal is you want to move from somewhere else, because we got people listening to us in other states. If you want to move to North Florida, go to uh, bigjreport.com, scroll down on our website, and in the North Florida weather info, about halfway down, you'll find the uh, link to Saucerility for your North Florida real estate needs. So we want to thank Anchor.fm, Saucerility, LakeUfallahits.com 
for internet radio where it's all good. And of course, you can follow us at bigjreport.com. We got North Florida Entertainment coming up. Going to check in, I, I believe, with Alex Nunnery with a report uh, coming up as well. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast. Again, thank you for listening. Okay, uh, you are listening to the Till Shirt Report uh, podcast. My name is Scott. Thank you for listening in. Thanks to our sponsors, Anchor.fm, Saucer Realty, LakeViewFollowHits.com. And you can follow us at BigJReport.com. Taking a look at North Florida Entertainment. And we're going to be updating this um, in the next few days, too. But let's take a look at what we got. This is March. Can you believe that? We're recording this podcast on uh, Saturday Saturday, March the 6th. Let's take a look where we're at on uh, concerts coming up. The list getting a little smaller because uh, we need to update the list. Um, let's see. New date, Ricky Skaggs. At latest report, the new date for Ricky Skaggs at the Ponte Vedra Beach Concert Hall, March the 12th of 2021 at 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin 2 with Ramble On, The Lemon Song. Led Zeppelin 2. I guess that's Led Zeppelin's second album, right? Led Zeppelin 2. Performed by the group Classic Albums Live coming up on Friday night, uh, March the 12th at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Also, uh, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Who loves you, baby? Who loves you, pretty baby? You remember that song, Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons? Great song, too, from the... uh, the mid-1970s, probably when I was in junior high school. Uh, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, or maybe that was grade school. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons on Sunday, March the 21st of 2021 at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in Jacksonville, Florida. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, interesting about them. I really didn't pick up on them till like the 70s because they actually – were pretty big back in the 1960s, too. So I picked up on them a little later than uh, some of my elder brethren, as as you might say. But Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons Good Show coming up Sunday, March 21st of 2021 at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Elton John, we, we've been discussing Elton John's The Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour. It'll be coming up next year in 2022, but hey, that's getting closer next year. Um, Elton John will actually start that tour in Louisiana in 2022, in January of 2022. But uh, Elton John will then uh, come to Jacksonville, Florida about three months later after the tour starts. Elton John, the Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Farewell Tour will be in 2022 on April the 23rd of 2022 at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. We are going to, um, and that is a look at North Florida Entertainment, by the way. Uh, we And, of course, Jacksonville Iceman Hockey going on at the uh, the arena. 
at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena. They've had some, you know, some good hockey games throughout the season. There were some some COVID issues, um, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, there were some games, I believe, with the uh, Florida Everblades uh, that were postponed or canceled. But um, the Icemen are back playing now. They got some games coming up here in March, and we'll keep you up to date with the Jacksonville Icemen. Uh, whether it's on the BigJReport.com uh, website, our Facebook group, BigJReport.com Facebook group, or we'll be talking about them here on the Teal Shirt uh, Report podcast. Also, FCL, um, FCFL football, which is semi-pro football. Uh, St. Augustine, after losing to the Avengers 6 to nothing the week before, but, uh, you know, St. Augustine, you know, had defeated – uh, the Daytona Beach Broncos uh, the week before that. But the latest game that I've got on St. Augustine, the Yellow Jackets and FCFL, a big shutout for their defense. Uh, St. Augustine, at last report, they're 3-1 and one on the season, I believe. Uh, St. Augustine Yellow Jackets, 22. The South Florida Dolphins, nothing. The one loss um, was to the Avengers a couple of weeks back where they lost to the Avengers. I believe it was six to nothing, according to our BigJReport.com contributor, Alex Nunry. We're going to get some reports uh, from Alex coming up here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I know that uh, uh, Southern Steam uh, coach Bobby Damerell with the Lead Indoor Football League had a tryout a few days ago. We'll let you hear. If you missed that interview before, we'll let you hear a little bit of our interview with Bobby Damrell and even Dominic Parks, a prospect who, who may get an opportunity to play some football with the Southern Steam, depending on how things break down. Uh, Bobby kind of kind of left that tryout saying, hey, this guy can play, and he may be able to play two or three positions, Dominic, uh, uh, Dominic Parks. So we'll have some of that interview with Bobby Damrell. We even talked to uh, – um, Dominic, uh, Dominic Parks. So we'll let you hear some of our interview with Bobby Damrell. Um, also Dominic, uh, Parks and, um, and some reports from Alex Nunry, uh, uh, coming up as well. You're listening to the chill shirt report, uh, podcast. Also want to mention to you that, uh, this Sunday there's actually, I want to tell you, there's another, um, there's another tryout for the Southern Steam. I want to just double check the time on that because there was a change in the time. Um, the Southern Steam had a tryout a couple of weeks ago, and at that tryout, we did interview Bobby Damrell, prospect Dominique Parks, and um, I also want to congratulate Bobby Damrell, who just got a new coaching position with Savannah Prep Football. That's right. Bobby Damrell will be coaching uh, Savannah Prep football during the high school football season, but he, he told me it doesn't really conflict with the Southern Steam because the two seasons are different times of the year. The Southern Steam will start in late April and play you know, a schedule in the late spring and summer, and then, of course, high school football will start. Uh, Bobby Damrell will be coaching Savannah Prep uh, in the fall, as I understand it. And Bobby's starting to hire coaches uh, uh, for uh, Savannah Prep as well. So congratulations to uh, Bobby Damrell on that head coaching uh, position and opportunity with Savannah Prep in the high school ranks. Um, your last chance for the tryout for the Southern Steam indoor football team 
per multiple request after they had the first tryout a couple of weeks ago. They're having another tryout. Uh, they're giving you one last chance to make the roster. Um, again, if you can't make this one, then you aren't ready for it, according to Coach Damerill. The, um, the second tryout, and this will probably be the last one for this year, will be on Sunday, March the 7th from 430 from 4.30 p.m. until 6.30 p.m. at the Ice and Sports Complex in Jacksonville, Florida, near Phillips and in, in, uh, Emerson. Official location, 3605 Phillips Highway, Jacksonville, Florida, right near Phillips and Emerson. Um, There's going to be a tryout. Uh, you can contact uh, Coach Damerall, called Bobby Damerall, at Steam Football, Southern Steam Football, at his his uh, phone number in, in uh, southeast Georgia, is 912-312-9095, 912-312-9095. Might be best if you touch base with Bobby before going out there, but you're welcome to just, hey, show up, as some other people have done. And uh, that's going to be on Sunday, this Sunday, March the 7th, from 4.30 until 6.30 p.m. I know when some people listen to this podcast, this date may have already passed, but if you're listening to the podcast early on, of course, we're recording this podcast on March the 6th. But um, the second of two tryouts, they've added the second tryout on Sunday, March the 7th from 4.30 p.m. until 6.30 p.m. at the Ice and Sports Complex uh, near Phillips and Emerson at 3605 Phillips Highway in uh, Jacksonville, Florida at the Ice and Sports Complex. Steam football. Um I, I do know that uh, you need – I would touch base with Bobby on some of the cost involved. Uh, returning players, $50, $75 for new players. Um, a Steam T-shirt and bag is included uh, with the tryout. The bags are nice. I actually got one of the bags, and I'm using that bag with the Steam logo on it. Man, it's a nice bag, too. It's like a – it's almost like a combination uh, uh, book bag um, that you, you you can put over your shoulders and on your back or just carry it around. It's a nice uh, carry bag, very solid and uh, beautifully done. Um, I got one of the, the black ones with the Steam logo on it. It's really, really sweet, as some people like to say. Really nice. Uh, um, I guess you could say it's a, a book bag. Um but you can, you know, you can carry it on your shoulder, you know, put it on your shoulder and use it as a book bag kind of, or just carry stuff around in the, in the, uh, the bag. It's nice. So um, your tryout will include a Southern Steam t-shirt and one of those nice bags included uh, with the tryout. Again, if you need more information, contact uh, coach, uh, Bobby Damerell, he's also the owner of the Southern Steam of the Elite Indoor Football League. Uh, you can call Coach Bobby Damerell at 912-312-9095. That's 912-312-9095. And uh, if I get an opportunity, I'm going to go out there this Sunday. I went out to the last one, and we interviewed Bobby Damerell and uh, prospect uh, Dominique Parks. We'll let you hear some more of that interview as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues, we'll also get some reports from Alex Nunry as well.
You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We'll hear some of our interview with uh, Coach Bobby Damerel and prospect Dominic Parks and also go to some of Alex Nunnery's uh, reports and possible interviews as well as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. Thank you for listening. And we're going to continue. Yeah, we're talking to Bobby Damarell, coach of the Southern Steam. Bobby, what were you hoping to accomplish uh, at this tryout today? You, I see you had uh, Dominique Parks uh, playing out there a little bit. And and what did you hope to accomplish with some of the players? Uh, just what I said on the post. I'm looking for the best of the best. Yeah. Any, any scrubs, they might as well stay home because we're not going to have it this year. And this man right here, he seems to be one of the best. Yeah, he looked good, man. I saw him on a short little little dip and crossing pattern to short, and he took off. He seems like he can run after the catch. Yeah, he, he looked like he can play on both sides, and that's what we need. That's exactly what you need, Dominique Parks. And uh, look forward to coming out here and seeing you play this year. Oh, yeah, we're going for it all this year. We're going back to the top. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you so much, Coach Bobby Damerel. All right, buddy. Hey, you know um, – Dominique Parks is from Gainesville, right? I'm born and raised in Miami, Florida, but I resided in Gainesville since the Okay. Time. What made you want to come out to this Southern Steam tryout tonight? Something totally different. Um, I've been ready to be on a professional level, and when the opportunity comes, you must arrive. So, so uh, again, uh, Bobby Damerel, Coach Bobby Damerel of the Southern Steam, put this tryout together at the Ice and Sports Complex here in Jacksonville. So a little bit of a short drive for you from Gainesville. And it looked like you were working on offense and defense out here at the tryout. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They had me playing a little bit of H-back and linebacker. Because what they want with, as I understand it, with indoor football, it's a short roster, like 25 players or less. And they want guys that can play, you know, as many as two or three positions. Yeah, I'm versatile. I can play. A, actually, I call myself just an offensive defensive superstar. I can play offense, defense, linebacker, strong safety. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon and welcome to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here at beautiful St. Joseph's Academy for a terrific high school baseball game. Between the visiting 0-1 Pedro Menendez High School Falcons and the home team, the 3-0 St. Joe's Academy Flashes. The Menendez Falcons come off a 19-2 loss. First Bartram Trail this past Monday night. And the home team, the St. Joe's, flashes come off a 10 to nothing win at Christchurch Academy last Thursday. The head coach of Pedro Menendez High School is Mr. Curtis Mack. And the head coach of the St. Joe's Flashes is Philip Weiser. Weiser. Hails from Coral Gables, Florida. The Flashes, led by Hunter Painkey, 
He wears number four for St. Joe's. Please showing Pinky the other day. Actually, before the season, committed to Stetson University to play his college baseball. He is a junior for the Flashes. The Flashes threw a no-hitter versus Christchurch Academy last Thursday night. Connor Paking, ladies and gentlemen, last week, 11 RBIs for the Flashes. St. Joe's bats around in the bottom of the third inning to lead it 8 to nothing over Pedro Menendez. We're at the top of the fourth inning right now. The new pitcher for the Flash is number three, Jake Marcantonio. Marcantonio, originally from Coral Gables, Florida. He's a junior for the Flashes. The Flashes started Aiden Chaletta on the mound today. And that's the ball game. St. Joe's with an 8 to nothing win over Pedro Menendez. Man, oh man, the Flashes of St. Joe's. Make that ten or eleven straight innings without allowing a hit for the flashes of St. Joe's. Their head coach, Philip Weiser. So far, but we're here with coach Philip Weiser, the head coach of St. Joe's. Twenty-five shutout innings. For St. Joe's, they're four and zero. Just tell us how y'all played, Coach. I mean, we're not not to the best of what I wanted, to be honest with you. Um, we we came out, we threw strikes, which is what matters. Um, took advantage of some miscues on their part, but it was a little bit sloppy on a day like today. We needed to, to execute more, but overall, it's a win. A win's a win. You always take wins, and and just trying to use these games to prepare us throughout the season to face. Uh, to get us ready for the postseason. That's what the season's for. So we're trying to get ready for postseason, and we got a long ways to go. But obviously that's why you play 25 games throughout the regular season to get ready for that, that one. Yes, sir. Tell, tell us about Fleming. Uh, Fleming's, I mean, they're a very, very good program. I mean, Grant, their head coach, Grant Biglins, does a, does a really good job. Um, we played them in the fall twice, had a really good game. The first one, the second one, they beat us pretty bad. Um, but they're an older, more experienced team. We are here at the Panther Stadium on Nice High School. And the top of the third inning, Nice leads it. Three to nothing over Bishop Kenny. Nice, their head coach is Mr. Tony Kennedy. They are playing Bishop Kenny, the Crusaders head coach, Mr. Tommy Edwards. Nice. Throwing number 10, JU Baseball Commit, Chase Tonk. Tonight, Tonk, two straight strikeouts to end the second inning. Nice beats 
Bishop Kenny, three to two. The Panthers are one and one on the season. The Panthers of Nice, they will head to Atlantic Coast Friday night to play the sing race. The winning pitcher for the Panthers, senior right-handed pitcher and JU baseball commit Chase Tonk. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here at the hive of St. Augustine High School for a terrific high school baseball game between the one and one Palaka High School Panthers and the one and one St. Augustine Yellow Jackets. The Yellow Jackets come off a nine to three win over Matanzas this past Tuesday night. And the Panthers from Palaka come off a 9-7 win at Bradford this past Tuesday. The head coach of the Yellow Jackets is Mr. Kevin Hayes. The head coach of the Panthers in his sixth season is Mr. Alan Rick. Both of these schools have tremendous alumni, especially on the football field. John L. Williams, a former Florida Gator, is Palaka's most noble alumni. And Caleb Sturgis is one of St. Augustine High School's most noble alumni. The new head football coach at Palaka High School is Mr. Patrick Turner. Turner used to be the athletic director at Pedro Menendez here in St. Augustine. All right, we're here with Coach Kevin Hayes. A nice win over Palaka. Tell us about the about how y'all played, Coach. Yeah, our guys played with a lot of heart right from the beginning. Uh, a lot of energy for third game of the year. I think both teams brought the energy uh, of a late season game. So I was impressed with both teams tonight. Yes, sir. Y'all played Pedro, I believe, Monday night. Should that, tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. Should that be a win or? Well, that's a crosstown rival. Uh, these guys grew up playing with those guys. So anything can happen to those guys with, when we play Pedro. Uh, just going to go out and play our game and hopefully come out on top. Yes, sir. Good luck. Thank you. All right. We're here with Jet Manusian, Dallin Beggs, an impressive catch, a game-sealing catch. Just tell us how y'all played. Uh, we just were aggressive from the start, didn't quit, didn't give up. We just gave it our all. Dallin got ahead with really good pitches. Luke threw really well as well. We just got ahead in the counts. We, we did our thing. Win turned out good. All right, Dallin, how about that win and then the game-winning RBI? 
Uh, it was awesome, man. It was a great feeling. As a team, we fought hard all night. And, you know, I had some at-bats where I'd hit ball as well and hit them right to people. And I had some at-bats where I didn't hit as well. So I just had to keep a level head through my last at-bat and do my job. All right, thank you all. Good luck against Pedro. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. And welcome back to the Teal Shirt Report. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here at Freedom Field of Creekside High School for a terrific baseball game between the visiting Trinity Christian Conquerors and the home team, the Creekside Knights. Ladies and gentlemen, the Conquerors come into tonight's game. After a no-hitter shutout win against Fletcher last night, seven to nothing. Number 15, junior pitcher Ethan Wilford threw a no-hitter for the Conquerors. The Conquerors head coach in his second season. Former JU baseball player and Englewood baseball player Jonathan Murphy. The Creekside head coach is Mr. Chris King. On the hill today for Creekside, a Kentucky commit. Number 18, Colby Frieda. Trinity Christian, the Conquerors, beat Creekside 3 to nothing. The Conquerors head baseball coach once again, J.U. Great and former Englewood Ram, Jonathan Murphy. All right, we're here with Jonathan Murphy, the former J.U. baseball player and Trinity Christian head coach. Tell us how y'all played tonight, coach. Yeah, I mean, the boys competed really well. Um, Creekside has a, a big arm. Uh, Colby Frieda, you know, he's a Kentucky commit. He came out and, and he was pumping and uh, just found a way to gri grind it out. Brady Ellison on the mound, our little lefty, uh, you know, just really pitched his heart out tonight and made some big pitches. And, and Drew Sullivan came in and, and closed the door for us uh, for the shutout. So I'm just really proud of how the boys competed throughout the whole game. All right, tell us about how y'all played last night against Fletcher and that no-hitter. Yeah, absolutely. Ethan uh, Wilford, a uh, guy that we got in uh, this year, he just came out there and just from pitch number one, he was feeling it and just kept coming, kept coming. And it was a pretty special night for him. He had 15 punch outs, uh, one walk and threw a no hitter. So it was kind of a, a career night for him. It was really fun to get to watch as a coach. All right. Thanks, coach. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it. Congrats to the Andrew Jackson Mighty Tigers basketball team for advancing to the class 3A final four and men's basketball the mighty tigers of andrew jackson high school led by james collins congrats to the impact christian academy lions on advancing to the Class 2A Final Four. The Lions, led by Ben Davis. 
Congrats to the West Nassau Warriors men's basketball team on advancing to the class for a final four. The Warriors led by Debo Coleman. Coleman. With the game-winning bucket for the Warriors as they beat Mariana, 72-70. to 70. Congrats to Debo Coleman. Second all-time in Jacksonville. 2,506 career points for the Georgia Tech basketball commit Debo Coleman. The JU baseball team. Unfortunately, lost 6-3 last night at Troy. The JU Mighty Dolphins improved to 0-5. The Dolphins will play at Troy today at 2 p.m. Mike Casala will be on the hill for the Dolphins. The Dolphins' leading hitter. Is Junior Tommy Joseph. Joseph hails from Estero, Florida. The Dolphins will play at Troy tomorrow at 2 p.m. Austin Temple will be on the hill. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the TL Street Report. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here at the Solomon Calhoun Center of St. Augustine, Florida. For, for this evening's FCFL football game between the visiting South Florida Dolphins and your St. Augustine Yellow Jackets football team. The Dolphins. Coached by Coach Larry Parker. They're from the Opalaka area of Miami. And the Jackets. Coached by Joe Ross. Jackets owner is Jarvis Jones. And the Dolphins owner is Larry Parker. Tonight marks the first meeting between these two teams. The Jackets, led by quarterback Jarvis Jones. And by defensive lineman Jay Bradford. Yellow Jackets of St. Augustine with a 22 to nothing win over the South Florida Dolphins. The Yellow Jackets will be right back home March 27th. To face the Argyle Adventures. We're here with Cliff Hamilton from Carroll City High School. What high school? From Hialeah. From Hialeah High School in South Florida. How did y'all play tonight for the South Florida Dolphins? Um, we could have played better. We was missing a lot of players. 
Um, from the snap, I felt like we came out good. We didn't finish strong. So we got to uh, get ready for the next game and get ready to beat them next time. Uh, the Yellow Jackets came out. They played well. So kudos to them for the win. Um, I'm disappointed in the loss, but next time I expect a better outcome. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, we're here with Bray Sparrow. Two touchdowns and two-point conversion for the St. Ollie's Team Yellow Jacket. Tell us how y'all played, Frey. Hey, man, we just uh, kept the fire up under us, man. We never slowed down. We went 100% every single play. You know, offensive line pushing, our quarterback executing plays, our wide receivers catching. We just hitting all cylinders, and we just stayed consistent. All right, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to the Teal Sir Report. My name is Alex Nunnery. We are here at Bears Stadium of Bartram Trail High School for a terrific baseball game between the visiting Ponte Sharks and the Bartram Trail Bears. The Sharks coached by Tom Stanton. The Bears coached by Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Sharks, led by freshman Matt Pogue, and by senior Scott Greismer. Greismer, a UNF commit, third baseman. Pogue, a freshman Duke commit. Pogue is a pitcher for the Sharks. The Bears of Bartram Trail led by Junior Justin Nato, a JU commit. Junior Bryce Kemper, a JU commit. Freshman Skylar Sanford, a FSU commit. And Junior Brody DeLamalaire, a Notre Dame commit. The score here at Bears Stadium. After a 10-run rule, the Bartram Trail Bears, 10, Pine nothing. Once again, the Bears, 10, Pine nothing. Ashton Procall, a junior for Bartram, gets away. The loss to Matt Pogue for Pine we're here with the Duke Blue Devil commit, one of the best lefties in the St. John's County, Jacksonville area. Tell us how you pitched tonight. Um, they were on the fastball, so I had to you know, pitch around them, pitch them backwards. Uh, they jumped on it early, and I was really, I did the best I could. All right. Uh, Tell us about Duke. Have they been keeping up with you or? Uh, they have. I talk with them every month. Oh, that's good. All right. Congrats on going to Duke, by the way. Good luck. Congrats to the St. John's Country Day Spartans women's soccer team for winning the state championship last night. The Lady Spartans, ladies and gentlemen, have won 10 straight state championships. The Lady Spartans won 3 to nothing in the state championship game.
Paige Cruz, a TCU Horned Frog commit with one of the goals. She is a senior. Congrats to the Argyle Avengers on a 6 to nothing win over the Southwest Jaguars last Saturday night. The Avengers are 4-0 on the season. They will host the Florida Falcons. This Saturday night at 7 o'clock at Ridgeview High School. Congrats to the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets football team on an impressive 22 to nothing win over the South Florida Dolphins. The Dolphins. I mean, the Yellow Jackets football team. Will play. They will have an off week this week. They are 2-1-1. One, one. Freak one Sparrow for the Yellow Jackets football team. With over 100 yards on offense. Ladies and gentlemen, your Argyle Avengers. Led by two impressive starting safeties. Lyndon Dunham Sr. And Charles Owens III. They're led by running back. Former J.U. Dolphin running back, James Ezel. Also by linebacker, Mott Kendrick. And quarterback, Brandon Kenny. The Avengers are 4-0 in, in their first season in the FCFL. Congrats to... Coach Bobby Damarell on becoming the head coach of Savannah Prep College. Coach Bobby Damarell is the commissioner of the Elite Indoor Football League and also the head coach and owner of the Southern Steam. Congrats. To Bartram Trail Baseball on an impressive 10 to nothing win over Pontevedra last night. The Bears are led by Skyler Sanford and Justin Nadu, a JU commit, and Bryce Kemper, a JU commit. The Bears will host Ponte Vedra. The Bears will actually be at Ponte Vedra tonight. 6 p.m. is the first pitch at the Shark Tank of Ponte Vedra High School. Ladies and gentlemen, being told that the Argyle Avengers 
are five and oh on this season after an impressive win over the Southwest Florida Jaguars last week. Congrats to the terrific Bulls Bulldogs baseball team on an impressive one to nothing win over Clay High last night. Jackson Baumeister, a Florida State commit, pitched a complete game shutout for the Bulldogs of Bulls. Baumeister, a senior, topped 93 miles per hour on his fastball last night. The Bulldogs are coached by one of the greatest of all time in Jacksonville history, Mike Boswell. I tell you what, you're listening to the Tilshirt Report uh, podcast, and boy, I, I missed, you know, a few of Alex's messages uh, for a few days, and man, he had a load of stuff, high school baseball, high school football. There was an announcement about uh, Coach Bobby Damerel, uh now coaching Savannah, uh, prep, which I may have mentioned in the podcast, was a high school a little bit earlier in the podcast. It's actually a junior college, as I did some more research, and I also heard Alex's uh, report. But great reports from Alex, some interviews, great high school baseball, basketball stuff. And, um, of course, uh, also reports on the FCFL, uh, semi-pro football, Talking about the uh, Argyle Avengers, the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets. And again, congratulations to Coach Bobby Damerel, who's the coach of the uh, semi-pro uh, Southern Steam of the Elite Indoor Football League. And he, now he's also going to be doing some coaching in the fall at, um, at Savannah Prep, which is actually a JUCO program, junior college program, Savannah Prep. So congratulations, uh, the coach Bobby Damrell. Glad we updated that because I was thinking when I when I saw the name Savannah Prep, I just automatically thought, oh, that must be a you know a high school, maybe a private school, a high school. But it's actually a junior college. So I got educated by Alex, Coach Damrell, and did some uh, more research and found that it's actually a junior college, Savannah Prep. So congratulations to Coach Bobby Damerel, who's going to be coaching junior college football in the fall, as well as his indoor uh, football coaching chores and ownership of the Southern Steam of the Elite Indoor Football League. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast this time around. Uh, our producers are Alex Nunry, also uh, JC. We appreciate all the, the great work that uh, Alex Nunnery and also JC does to keep this podcast top notch and listen to now in as many as 28 states across the United States, listen to worldwide and internationally in Northern Ireland, England, uh, Wales, Montreal, Canada, Puerto Rico, Hong Kong. Hey guys. Uh, we want to thank all of you for listening again. The Teal Shirt Report podcast is produced by Alex Nunnery, also JC. Thank you for listening. I'm your humble host and servant. Uh, I'm your host of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott. I'm out. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.